Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. It doesn't matter what you say after but. You see, people say, I believe in God, but that negates everything you just said. Adding but doesn't result in freedom. It results in faith that is dead. Do you know the devil has faith? The devil believes. The devil is smarter than you because the devil's belief is orthodox. The devil's belief in doctrine. Some people say, people have told me, I, well, I'm not a big fan of doctrine. I mean, doctrine, smoctrine. I mean, doctrine, who cares? Doctrine. Doctrine is important. That's the foundation and the stepping stones and of all that we believe and all that we and how we mobile as believers is based on doctrine. Demons have doctrine. They believe in doctrine. Demons are not agnostic. They are not atheists. Demons are believers in Jesus. Jesus, saints, here it is. He knew the quality of their faith was not saving faith. They had believed, but they didn't commit themselves. Your belief needs to translate into abiding. Jesus says, verse 32, look at it. Jesus said to those who believe, if you abide or continue in my word, then you are my what, saints? Huh? Jesus says real spiritual freedom comes from abiding and continuing in Jesus. We're not talking about a condition of salvation. Don't get this twisted. We're not talking about getting saved. We're talking about the evidence that you truly are saved. When you abide, it's evidence that your faith in Jesus is genuine. To continue or abide in his word implies that you already started in his word. To continue in his word means to hear it and obey it and stay with it. Did you pick that up? To continue abide means to hear it, obey it, and stay with it. And many, many people never receive the abundance of blessings because they lack staying power. They fail to continue. They fail to abide. The true Christian remains in Jesus. Somebody say amen. And if a person does not abide or remain, it is evidence that they really were never with him. So we have this discussion of whether someone can lose their salvation or not. I think that's the wrong discussion. The better discussion is, did you ever have salvation? Because if you ever had it, according to the scriptures, you won't lose it. You'll abide. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. First John 2, 24 through 25. Therefore, let that abide in you, 
which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the son and in the father. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. First John 2.19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were with us. Clearly, what I just said. George Whitfield conducted an outdoor evangelistic campaign, actually campaigns, in the 1700s, throughout the American colonies, a period of revival called the Great Awakenings in America. And thousands, listen, responded to the gospel message when asked how many were converted after one of his sermons, George Whitfield replied, we'll know in five years. In other words, the point is, only time will tell of which decisions were superficial and which decisions were genuine. Only time will tell who abides and who doesn't. That's why it is kind of, I think it's a a dangerous thing. I I don't know how true it is. I'm I'm looking for the right words. I I, I think that, I think it, it could potentially be a falsehood when we have an event and we say, oh, this many people got saved. Oh, well, 4,000 people came down to receive their, receive Christ at the crusade. Listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not a hater. I, I'm glad. I'm glad people got out of their seats and came down. I don't know who got saved, and neither does the person doing the altar call. Who knows? It would be nice to know. Don't get me wrong. I want to know. Inquiry minds want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I would love it. If people got saved and it was genuine faith, and you turned a different color. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fantastic? That would make life so easy. It really would. Like, if you, you get saved, you turn a different color. So you get saved, and what's a good color for, like, saved? Blue. Like, blue for the kingdom. Oh. On three, everybody. It was supposed to be on three. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Like you get saved and you turn blue. So then when people come down and they really got saved, well, then you know, okay, all the blue people over there, all the green people, you know you fake over there, all right? Now you go back and sit down. We're going to work on you one more time. That would be nice. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. The only way for us to know if a person truly, genuinely became a Christian is if they abide, the Bible tells us. A true Christian never leaves. He abides. Can you just say amen right there? A true Christian. Come on. Come on. A true Christian bears fruit. A true Christian will stay in love with Jesus. A true Christian obeys God's word. A true Christian abides, bears fruit. False, fake Christians won't. It reminds me of, write this down, go read this story. It's really a good story. It's a parable. A member of parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's a parable in Matthew chapter 13 that Jesus tells of the wheat and the tare. 
And the story goes like this. A servant comes to the owner of a field and said, hey, you're you got good crops. Why are the tares among your good crops? And the owner said, well, the enemy has done this. And the servant said, do you want watch it? Do you want us to gather them and separate them? And and the owner said, Matthew 13, 30, let them both grow together. And at the time of harvest, he would bind and burn the tares and gather the wheat into the barns. In other words, Jesus is making the point, earthly story, heavenly meaning parable. Jesus is making the point, let them grow together and I'll do the separating in the last days. It is no secret, saints. That Satan plants the false among the real. People go to church. People tie to churches. People carry well-worn Bibles. But some are tares. Now, here's the thing. We don't know who the tares are and who they are not. And we are not called to know who the tares are and who they are not. We aren't called to tear out the tear. You should write that down. That's good, isn't it? We're not called to tear out the tear. And the reason that God didn't tell us that that he would come, you got that? He would come and tear out. He would come and do the separating. The reason he doesn't want us to do it because we'll tear out the wrong people. I told one guy on Facebook the other day, he was like, oh, well, this person ain't going to heaven. He was talking about this and this, that, and that. this person ain't going to heaven. I said, bro, you got to be careful, man. You don't know who's going to heaven. I, I, look, I, I don't even know if you're going to heaven. <laughs> but if you do, I guarantee it, you're going to be surprised who's in heaven. Smiley face, smiley face, smiley face. Because <laughs> I like emojis. I like them a lot. so we're not called to tear out the tears we might tear out the wrong people now i'll tell you when jesus comes and tear separates the wheat and the tear he will never tear out the wrong person trust and believe trust and believe he will surely pull out the right people i believe that we are in the days that we are living in jesus i believe right now i'm gonna come back to this but jesus right now, is tearing out the tear, the beginning. What we need to do is abide in his word. I think of Romans chapter 8. If you don't know that verse, please write it down. Romans 8, 28. Memory verse. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good. Hmm? Y'all know it doesn't say some things? Doesn't say most things? Doesn't say 30, 50% of the things? That's all. Come on, say it with me. All. All All things work together for good. To them that love God. And what the devil means for evil, God will use it for good. You know, I'm thinking of the coronavirus. I believe. Now, let me say what I believe, okay? We're all, we live in America. I just went over the Constitution. Everybody understands your rights. And I have, that's why I did that. That's why I did that. Yo, I did that, didn't I? I did it. Every, I'm going to, hold on. Oh, yes, ma'am. You can count on that. 
And here's my opinion. Because I have the right to freely speak. And you have the right to freely speak. And here's my, my thoughts. I believe that the coronavirus is working together for our good. I believe that. Some of y'all clapping really tentatively like, you sure? <laughs> I, I, I am. I was going to say I kind of am. No, I'm 100%. I am. I am. Because, here's why. Because I believe that the coronavirus, don't get me wrong, I'm not happy about it. I, I wouldn't wish this on anybody, any country, any peoples. No, I wouldn't. But I do hold on to, and I always hold on to, and you should always hold on to, that God works all things together for good to those who love God. So I hold on to that. And all means all, and that's all, all means, including the coronavirus. So now, notice the coronavirus, I believe, is exposing the tares and the wheat. This crisis is revealing who truly loves God, who truly stands for the word of God, who truly is willing to trust the Lord and be faithful. And don't get this wrong. I'm not talking about because folk like to get every single word nowadays is political. Every it's insane. It's insane. You can't say anything. People filtering it through their political whatever. Knock it off. I'm not talking about mask or no mask. Oh, you don't have faith because you you don't you wear a mask and you don't if you and you don't wear a mask. So you do. I'm not talking about that. Don't do that. And I'm not talking about church or no church. You go to church. You don't have church. You go to church. You, you got faith. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about faith and fear. I'm talking about truth and error. I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about speaking the word of God in every situation. The virus actually has brought down the mask. The virus has brought the mask down. People are like, mask up. Hey, you coming in this store? Mask up. Uh, the virus has brought the mask down. As things continue, the mask that people have been wearing concerning Jesus, the mask that people have been wearing concerning the, the church and what they truly believe about God and his word, that mask is coming down. And we see and we see clearly we see and it's going to continue to fall. I think of write it down. Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. So hashtag mass down. That's good. Don't y'all try to patent that. Don't give my money. <laughs> Some of y'all like. Mass down. We'll see. We are seeing point number two in our outline. True freedom. If you're still with me, say amen. amen. Woo. True freedom comes from knowing the truth. In verse 32, please look at it in your Bibles and you at home look in your Bibles. If you abide in my word and you are my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This is an amazing, amazing, inspiring claim from Jesus. Because Jesus offers hope. 
Jesus offers the promise to set people free. And I think it's safe to say that everyone in this room wants to be free from something. Everyone listening under the sound of our voice want to be free from something. I mean, the world is searching for freedom, freedom from hatred, freedom from fear, freedom from the corona, freedom from disease and racism and hopelessness and addiction. Some of y'all want to be free from your children. (laughs) Would you please leave home? Everybody want to be free from something, right? Now, listen carefully. Jesus didn't come to give us freedom from some behavior. Jesus came, watch this, to break the power of sin in our lives, which is the greatest freedom of all. Somebody once said, all liberty is precious, but political and physical freedom are freedoms merely of the second order. Freedom of the first order is spiritual freedom. And this is transcendent. I like that. Can I read it again? All liberty is precious, but political and physical freedom are freedoms merely of the second order. Freedom of the first order is spiritual freedom. And this is transcendent. Jesus, the Bible tells us, came to set the captives free. I think of Luke chapter four, the ruler of the synagogue. Remember Jesus, an itinerant preacher. He comes into the synagogue, the ruler of the synagogue, hands Jesus a scroll of Isaiah. Jesus opens to Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, watch it, and to proclaim liberty to the captives and the open of prison to those who are bound. So Jesus sat down. And then he gave it back and he said to 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 the people, he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. In other words, liberty and freedom, Jesus is saying, will come through me. That's what he meant. Grandma, that's what he meant when he said. Today, this is fulfilled in your ears. He's telling them that he is the fulfillment of Isaiah 61. That freedom comes through Jesus. True freedom comes through knowing the truth. And when Jesus says you'll know the truth, what is he talking about? He's talking about a truth that is central to all things. He's talking about a truth that is a pivotal truth that all things hinge on. He's talking about a foundational truth which all things are built on. Jesus is making the claim that he and he alone is the truth. And all truth resides in his person. John chapter 18, verse 37, 38. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the what saints? Truth. And everyone who is of the truth. Watch that. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Conversely, if you're not of the truth, you don't hear his voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and he said to them, I find no fault in him. Saints, Pilate had heard all the Greek philosophers. He'd heard all the religious discussions about truth. He'd heard all of man's philosophies about truth, what it is and what it is not. And now Pilate is standing right in front of the truth. 
face to face with the truth. That would be Jesus. Jesus came. He said, I came into the world to bear witness to the truth. What truth? What truth did Jesus come to bear witness of? The truth about God. The truth about men. The truth about sin. The truth about judgment and the truth about love and holiness and life and death. The truth about everything. Jesus claims to be the truth. Somebody say amen. Amen. Jesus claims to be the truth about the truth. If you continue in my words, then you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and uh, watch it. Truth shall make you free. Now question, free from what? Got your pen? Free from what? Free from, how about this? Searching for the truth. How about that? It'll make you free from searching for the truth. Free from Satan's blinding power, free from the chains of spiritual death, free from the prison house of sin, free from fear and self and people and pressure, free from the shackles of ignorance. Shackles of ignorance are shattered when you know the truth. Chains of doubt and fear are gone. The truth shall make you free. Let me tell you one more thing. When you know the truth, you can't tolerate error. That's the truth. Am I right about it? And now, and now more than ever, saints, now more than ever, truth is important. You know, there was a time in our country where people used to search for truth, and they used to call them lovers of wisdom. Lovers of wisdom. And you would think in this internet age, that people would be more diligent to search for truth. Because now it really is at your fingertips. You would think that people would search for it and there's easy access to Google. It's interesting though, the opposite is true, isn't it? People have trouble with real truth. People have trouble with facts. Are you praying for me? People have trouble with facts. People have trouble with real truth. Have you noticed that people today can't handle the truth? People want to destroy truth, whether it's good truth or bad truth. Right? They can't handle the truth. One of my favorite movies. Yeah. Y'all already know. I love it. A few good men. Remember Jack Nicholson, Colonel Jessup, Tom Cruise, Daniel Cathy. You want answers? I think I deserve answers. I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I love it. I looked at it this morning, as a matter of fact. (laughs) Y'all thought I was in my office, like glowing in the presence of God. I'm like, oh, God, I love this movie. You can't handle the truth. People can't handle the truth. We live in a culture where people say there are no absolute truths. Don't they? The only truth that is absolute is that there's no absolute truth. Interesting. And those same people, watch this, 
who don't believe in absolute truth, they say, I need directions to Chapel Hill. And you say, well, take 40 east until you can't go any further. Well, they go the wrong direction. They come back and they say, hey, you gave me the wrong direction. You misled me. Then you say, hey, well, I thought you didn't believe in absolute truth. Are you following me? Because what? Because what? Huh? Because there is such tell of absolute truth. And Jesus is absolutely true. Am I right about it? Absolutely true. John, John 14, 6. I said it a couple of times. Jesus described himself as I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus doesn't claim to know the truth. He says, I am the truth. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.